0: You're listening to Counter Talks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now, here's your host, Patrick Flannery.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Pat Flannery. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Malo. He is the Provincial Affairs Director for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, the CFIB. Um, They'll be familiar to many of you, Uh, certainly uh, strong advocates for small business across the country. Uh, Ryan and I, the topic today was vaccine passports, uh, something we're hearing a lot about Uh, The governments have rolled out in uh, various jurisdictions around the country. The passports uh, are not applying yet to uh, many of our businesses, uh, essential businesses. Uh, are still being uh, uh, exempted Uh, most uh, regular retail uh, environments are being uh, exempted uh, and certainly uh, nothing about that on uh, on construction sites or anything like that however uh, as you'll hear in the podcast uh, this is not necessarily always going to be the case Uh, the question certainly exists whether uh, passports are going to be looked for uh, uh, as a way to move us past uh, lockdowns and, uh, and, and other measures, distancing, masking measures uh, in the future. So uh, uh, passports may be coming to, uh, to our sector. And uh, I wanted to, uh, and, and as, as Ryan points out, uh, there is a, a, a concern there as, as far as even employees doing uh, uh, many of the things that they do, especially on the sales side, um, going to restaurants, uh, going to, uh, public venues, uh, and, uh, and so there's lots there that we need to know and we need to be conscious of. So really a, a great conversation with Ryan, uh, uh touching on a, exactly what format the vaccine passports are in, what you're going to need to look for, should you be asked, uh, for them, you could voluntarily, uh, be requiring them of your, uh, customers and clients. Uh, that's, uh, that's a possibility as well, although there's some caveats around that, um, where, just where vaccine passports are, are, are being implemented. Um, also, the, um, uh, the sort of concerns uh, that uh, CFIB is seeing for small businesses in, uh, in, in participating in these programs and, uh, and how that should be addressed. Um, and uh, and just a a, a general discussion of, uh, of 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 how it's going, how how governments are 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 approaching this, and uh, and and what we can expect to see going forward. So uh, it's a it's a shorter one today. Uh, Ryan only had half an hour for us, which was fine. Uh, definitely a, an action packed and information packed half hour. So uh, please enjoy my conversation with uh, Ryan Malo from the uh, Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses. Hi, I'm here with uh, Ryan Malo from uh, CFIB, Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses. Ryan, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, as as best I can uh, under the circumstances. Thanks.
1: <laughs> it's been a it's been a crazy eighteen months, hasn't it?
0: It sure has, nonstop.
1: You guys, you guys, I think like all of us uh, uh, had to make some uh, some radical efforts to, uh, to 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 get the information machine cranked up and uh, go on a bunch of unusual new directions that it's, it's probably been a wild time for you. Um, why, why don't you start by, uh, uh, Ryan, just introducing yourself and uh, and uh, CFIB probably needs no introduction, but you can talk a bit about uh, about uh, who they are and what you guys do there.
0: Certainly. So I'm Ryan Malo. I am the Senior Director for Provincial Affairs for Ontario with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. So my job in normal times focuses on Ontario-based issues around things like employment standards, changes to minimum wage, tax code changes, property taxes, and fees at the municipal level. Um, Of course, over the last 18 months, that has turned dramatically where my focus has been uh, all COVID all the time, yes, here in the province, but also uh, across the country as we as an organization that has had to uh, band together to uh, protect and ensure that small businesses as Uh, have been able to survive lockdowns, have been aware of the ever-changing government rules, vaccination policies, uh, proof of vaccination requirements that are popping up now, um, and ensuring that the funding support has been there too, uh, as businesses across the country have lost a significant amount of time uh, over the last 18 months.
1: Yeah. You know, and speaking as somebody that uh, that that writes and makes it magazines and does communications for uh, for small businesses and and is involved with a lot of industry associations that are that are trying to work on behalf. I, you know, I I, got to thank you guys for your efforts uh, uh, as being a a really a great resource, uh, I think, for uh, a lot of a lot of small business. And and of course, doing the, you know, the important work to keep their issues in front of governments, because that's that's one of the one of the big things that we have to make sure doesn't get lost in, in, in all of this scramble to protect our safety. So it's uh, it's, it's been uh, it's, I, I think it's been a, I think it's been a great effort by CFIB and, and and you guys and Dan Kelly, I know have been front and center on, on, on everything for, for quite a while, and uh, certainly helpful to me, uh, just in <laughs> digging around in your resources and getting uh, getting out the information that I need sometimes. Uh, and and here we go again. Uh, I'm I'm using you as a as, as a as a resource for my uh, my my listeners and readers again. Um, and, uh, and and we're going to talk today about uh, about vaccine passports or whatever you want to call them. vaccine vaccine certification. Um, uh, th- th- this idea that uh, you know people would get uh, some sort of a certified document and, uh, and and be able to show it to prove that they're vaccinated and and just how that's going to work uh, uh, if and if it's implemented and, and how it's going to work uh, out there and what what really small business owners uh, uh, from from all walks should uh, should understand about them. Um, let, let, let's start, Ryan, uh, at the at the start. Um, what exactly are we? Are, are, have governments been talking about as far as some kind of a vaccine passport system? Is are we talking about paper cards? We're talking about some kind of digital QR code. Um, what 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 exactly uh, are, are you hearing uh, that uh, that that they want to put in place?
0: So, it really depends on which part of the country that you're in. Uh, unfortunately, they, the answer is it's going to be a little bit of a patchwork across the board. Uh, so, for example, right now in British Columbia, they have a a digital card that you are able to download and show on your cell phone, Um, but they have moved forward with vaccine passports, which are now currently uh, in effect in the province. Uh, Alberta does not have plans right now to move forward. Saskatchewan is developing a digital program uh, for voluntary, on a voluntary basis. Uh, Manitoba has a program in effect, but they've gone the complete opposite route and are actually going with a physical card um, that they are mailing out to Manitobans who have their their double uh, vaccination. Uh, On Ontario, coming up on September 22nd, will be introducing... Uh, kind of a hybrid version. We're going to start with the, uh, the, the PDF, the receipt that you get when you get your second dose, in addition to a piece of government identification. You're going to have to show both of those at certain businesses. Then a month later on October 22nd, they're going to move to a QR code system that's going to be scanned at the door. That's the same program that Quebec has in effect already uh, and have since the beginning of September. They started at the QR code. Uh, and then in Atlantic Canada, no set programs yet. Um, but we do know that, uh, New Brunswick and I believe Nova Scotia as well are starting to discuss it. So that's one that we're watching closely to see which path they wind up going down to. So across all 10 provinces, it's certainly a, a topic of conversation. We've seen quite a few implement it, but a little bit of inconsistency in terms of how we're going about it, uh, across the board. My, my goodness.
1: Thank, thanks for that excellent update. That's, that's, that's great, uh, And uh, and and now we know Um, the um, these are issued by, uh, I guess, the same public health authorities that are administering the vaccines. Is that the idea?
0: That's right. So everything is coming from the province. If you're in Manitoba, it's the uh, Ministry of Health that you would order your physical card from. Uh, If you're in Ontario, you want to double check the email that you gave when you went to get your vaccine, there should be a receipt in there. Um, If you don't have your your vaccine receipt or are looking about how to get proof of vaccination in any province, um, you would be calling into your Ministry of Health and they'll be able to to direct you on how to get it, either a digital download or mailing a, a physical copy.
1: Okay, and so uh, these would basically come in uh, typically more or less automatically when you get your uh, uh, vaccine or your second dose of the vaccine. Um, And uh, I guess if you didn't get one or don't have one or have lost it or something, it's a matter of going back to whoever you contacted to get the vaccine from and, and asking for it again.
0: Yep, that's absolutely right. And I can say, like I was looking at mine the other day here in Ontario, uh, it was a a PDF. If you go into your inbox and you search uh, vaccine receipt, um, it should pop up no problem. And again, if you uh, didn't get one or perhaps got a physical copy and lost it, you just call into the government hotline and they'll be able to get you a a new copy as long as you did, uh, in fact, get that second dose. Hmm.
1: It strikes me that Manitoba might have the right idea because for people of a certain age, all of this PDF and QR code stuff is not going to work.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we've been raising, uh, across the board with all governments is it's, it sounds like a really good idea when you're talking about it at the top, you know, most people have a cell phone. It's just something you can flash at the door, really simple and straightforward. It gets a little more complicated when you start talking about the practicalities of it though, right? There are people of a certain age who are maybe not fantastic with technology. There are some people who may not be able to afford, uh, smartphones and are maybe going off of a flip mm-hmm. phone, uh, or something like that. Um, and also depending on where you are in your province the internet and broadband access might not be fantastic so it's yes. really easy for me to sit here in toronto and say yeah everyone's got a cell phone scanning a qr code not that big of, uh, uh, not that big of an issue but when you get into more rural communities especially if you're getting up into cottage country outside of the gta or something like rural alberta rural saskatchewan the broadband access might not be there and that's also uh, a complicating factor On the same side, if you're talking about a business owner and you're going the digital route where you have to scan a QR code, you need a a device to scan it. Um, And there's been a lot of concern in Quebec in the early days that, you know, they don't really want employees using their personal cell phones to be scanning this information. Businesses might not have cell phones. They might still be using landlines. It's actually pretty common across the board. So a lot of businesses in Quebec have had to go out and purchase an iPad or a tablet or an additional smartphone to ensure that they're compliant and scanning uh, the QR codes, which of course is an added cost at a time where business owners really can't afford a lot more added costs right now. A lot of them are still very early in their recovery. Um, and adding an additional administrative burden is one thing, but additional cost burden on top of that um, is, is quite a, a hit to take right now.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that that's just a great point. Uh, the broadband point is really well taken you do not have to go very far i'm in london ontario you don't have to go very far outside of london before you you can get into some pretty spotty coverage pretty fast and uh you're trying to do anything out there and you don't already have it downloaded to your phone even if you are comfortable with using a phone you're (laughs) you're 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 out of luck so anyways uh so let's let's go to let's go to i i think the question that sort of quickly springs to mind is is um how do business owners make sure that what they're being shown is 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 real, um, and what is their responsibility to make sure that it's real?
0: Uh, yeah, so, so first and foremost, for business owners business owners listening out there, the first thing you want to do is check and make sure that you are one of the businesses that is going to be required to look for this. Mm-hmm. I think we, when people are talking about it and say, you know, uh, vaccine passports are coming, there's a lot of belief out there that it's a blanket approach and that all businesses are going to be required to do it. It's actually not the case. The list is, it's not small, but it is relatively limited. So for example, retailers, uh, hairdressers, uh, not going to be required to check for anything at all. People can still come in and that works if you're a grocery store and under what, you know, for lack of a better term, we'll call the essential businesses list, but that also counts for non-essential retailer. And again, uh, hairdressers and personal services in particular in Ontario tend to have been lumped in with gyms and indoor dining when it came to other rules. Not the case this time around. They are being separated out. So for now, not included on that list. And that extends to uh, British Columbia. That extends to Quebec. Um, That extends to Manitoba. It's the same in, uh, sort of list in each province now the the main businesses that are going to be included are indoor dining and restaurants that's going to be the case across the board gyms uh, and indoor recreation which is everything from yoga and rock climbing walls to dance studios bowling alleys escape rooms um, it's not just the, the physically exerting ones. It's just any kind of, uh, indoor recreation is going to be required to check any kind of venues and specifically thinking about wedding venues at this point, your guests are going to have to show proof of vaccination before coming into the venue, uh, concert halls, sporting events, and that sort of thing. Um, so if you're on that list, you are going to have to check now, depending on which province you're in, the proof is going to look a little bit different. So in British Columbia, you're looking for, uh, that government-given digital uh, identification. It's a specific ID. Um, It is something you're going to show at the door. Very straightforward. I'm not going to say it's impossible to fake, but it's going to be something that's difficult to fake. Manitoba, you're talking about a physical card. Again, that's a very straightforward item. Um, In Quebec, you're talking about a QR code which has the data behind it. And the Quebec government uh, in a very positively has indicated that the businesses aren't going to be collecting any of that data. What the scan will do is verify that the person has had that second dose. So you're going to scan it. There's going to be, you know, a a green check mark or a green light. If they're good, they'll get, you know, a a red X or a red light if they're not good. And then you go from there. Ontario is the one where this is going to be a little bit difficult coming off uh, the hop when we have that receipt plus ID, uh, standard. So for identification purposes, uh, it is, Right now, and we'll see as we get to the lead up the day, but right now it's not limited to photo ID. It's government issued ID. And I think that's an allowance for those red and white uh, health cards that are still in circulation in some parts of the province. Um, but you're going to have to show a piece of ID and then your vaccine passport. If you are showing this on a phone, it is a very small screen to be looking at a lot of information on mm-hmm. um, a proper vaccine passport will have the person's name it will have their date of birth it will have uh, a bunch of stars in the last couple of digits of their health number it will indicate second dose and that's something business owners are going to have to watch for uh, in ontario specifically we are talking about a two dose vaccination passport if someone has one and they are waiting for their second that would not gain them entry into the business um, It also has the date on which the the dose was given, um, which is another important thing to watch for to ensure that they have actually uh, been those two weeks after uh, getting the second dose that the immunity has kicked in. Um, We are concerned, and we already are hearing some concerns from members on the ground about fraud being an issue. uh, In this case, we have made the government aware of it. The good news is is it's only going to be a one-month period. Um, And for business owners, the key is that you do... To the best of your ability, check the IDs. If someone is, is very committed to defrauding the business and getting in without their vaccine, I don't think it's going to happen on a widespread basis, but it may happen. As long as you're a business owner, you checked, you saw you know the, the name matched the identification, it looked legitimate. You didn't see like you know James Tiberius Kirk uh, or something <laughs> like that on the receipt itself. Now, uh, I've be seen cool, that one though. floating around. <laughs> it would, it'd be interesting. I've seen that one floating around on Twitter. Um, but as long as you made a a honest effort to check uh, that that vaccine was le- or the passport was legitimate, um, then you're good to go. And the onus is on the uh, person who defrauded um, when it comes to penalties and things like that. I will note too, we have heard some businesses. Voice their frustration about having to check this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There is a fine for businesses that don't do it. The tickets are going to start at $1,000 business. And then, depending on the situation, the frequency, and severity, it could go up quite significantly from there. Um, there is also going to be a fine on someone who is knowingly trying to fraud their way into a business. Uh, and that ticket would start at $750 for the individual and again go up from there based on the severity and specific circumstances.
1: Hmm. so yeah so it's it's they're serious about it for sure now I, I, at this point ryan my uh, my listeners are going uh why has uh, idiot flannery had um a, uh, a on talking about these vaccine passports when it doesn't really impact my business uh are uh, people listening here uh, ryan are uh our rental store uh, owners and uh, also um uh, uh, contractors and uh, uh, window and door dealers and, uh, and, and various uh, elements of the construction industry like that. And I want to explain that, that my point in addressing this now is that the, one of the ways that the vaccine passports are being um, talked about and advertised is that this is our route back to normal uh, as, a, as, a, as a society. Uh, this is our route. To, um, to, to, to be able to get rid of lockdowns, to be able to get rid of distancing and masking measures, uh, et cetera, et cetera, ultimately. So, so it's, it's my prediction that, uh, that, that in the future, uh, we may see this expanded out uh, as, uh, to impact more industries. What, what, what are you hearing about that, Ryan? And what do you think the possibilities uh, of that are?
0: So right now we know that there's there's no government across Canada. I don't think there's a small business owner across Canada that wants to see us locked down for what in many provinces would be a fourth time. Right. That ultimately is what we have to avoid. We can't go back to those uh, early spring last year, winter last year closures. Businesses can't survive going through that a fourth time. They're just the ones who are through are hanging on sort of by the skin of their teeth. And if we went through that again, it would be just devastating uh, for the small business community across the country. So we do uh, view the government's decisions to go down this road as a tool to avoid that, and on that side, it is a positive. Right now, there hasn't been any indication that the governments uh, that have implemented are looking to expand it. However, they have all been very clear that should case numbers in various provinces go up, should pressure on hospitals uh, and ICUs be increased, they would absolutely be willing to add more businesses uh, under the umbrella of vaccine passports, um, again, with the goal of not shutting down for a fourth time. So I think it's something that all businesses should be aware of, even if you're not uh, implementing it right off the bat in your various provinces. It's also important to note, too, that you know if you are taking a client out for lunch, if you're talking right. with your suppliers and going off-site, if your employees are going off-site for their lunch breaks, These are things they're going to need to go into restaurants. If you've got, you know, an employee who goes to the gym during their lunch hour, this is something that they are going to have to have. So even if you don't encounter it in your day-to-day business or on site at your business, you may encounter it sort of in your day-to-day life. So it's important to be aware of the rules, A, if they wind up coming uh, and be implemented for all your business, but be just as a, a patron at any of these places. Uh, it's important to know off the hop so that you have your, you know, your vaccine ID ready before you're seated or before you go into the gym, the movie theater, whatever it may be. Um, also, an important note on this, across the board so far, these rules only apply to customers, not to employees, or to business owners as they're operating their business so you actually could find yourself in about a month in a very awkward situation in ontario where say you are a a business owner who runs a gym who does not want to be vaccinated you would be allowed in the gym to operate the business as the owner however you could not work out in the gym as a customer <laughs> the same goes for an employees you could have an unvaccinated waiter serving you but that waiter could not eat at that restaurant. During their off hours, and that's the case in Ontario. That's the case in Quebec as well. Um, it, it sounds a little bit silly, but it's also a reminder that the the goal of this of these policies across the board is to push Ontarians, Quebecers, uh, British Columbians, Manitobans to getting vaccinated. That is the the driver behind. Uh, these policies.
1: Yeah, right at, right at, right it at that right at the grassroots to, to try to get everybody uh everybody to do it sort of even from their personal perspective because because there are um what what's your opinion Ryan on that and sorry it's a little off uh our list but but what what is your opinion on the legal uh uh aspects of of asking your employees to get vaccinated? Uh is there is there is there any route that employers uh, uh can
0: do that should do that? So, if you're not in a bit in a, a sector where the government has mandated it, and those have really been around healthcare sectors across the provinces, long-term care home uh, sectors, and employees who who go in and out of those spaces, we are we are hesitant to recommend that employers go down the road of mandating it for employees. Uh, We certainly seen from our membership is are are they're very willing to encourage it for employees. And we support that. We've certainly been doing that internally at CFIB, ensuring that everybody uh, knows where they could get vaccinated, was aware of, you know, where pop-up sites may be, or uh, or in earlier days, which postal codes had access when, and that sort of thing. Um, But when it comes to mandating it, we urge significant caution and that is really around the privacy and human rights concerns that could arise from it. Um, It's somewhere where we're looking for governments to provide a little bit more direction and security uh, for the businesses that are looking to do that but right now our best recommendation is if you do want to go down that road and we certainly have seen you know uh, for example the Toronto Civil Service, Air Canada uh, more broadly has announced those kind of policies as well but we strongly recommend speaking to a lawyer first. Similarly, if you're a business that is not covered on the list of businesses that has to do a vaccine passport, but you want to do a vaccine passport, perhaps you're a a small retailer that feels that you you know, your customers may feel safer, or perhaps your employees uh, would feel better, or you would feel better if you could implement that policy. There's no rule that says you can't do it voluntarily. However, we would caution. We would say you want to speak to a lawyer first because you do not have the government behind you in the same way that those businesses that are being forced to implement the policy by government rule uh, do. And again, there is potential that it could open you up to some human rights complaints or legal concerns down the road.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It. it that, that. And that's that's an interesting point. If you if you uh, uh, you know do want to make the rule at your at your showroom or or, or place of business. Uh, that uh, you know we're going to ask for a vaccine passport uh, uh, before you come in. You can do that, but yeah, you know check check on it, check on it first to make sure you do it the right way uh, because uh, you know you don't you don't want to attract complaints uh, uh, when, it, when it isn't actually a mandate from the government. So that's that's, that's, that's an excellent point. Um, talk to me a little and I'm cognizant of our time here, Ryan. Um, what, what are you what are you hearing? We, I think you've touched on a couple of concerns. Uh, that your members have expressed about, about the passports. Uh, uh, one is the possible need to buy uh, additional equipment to scan QR codes in your business. Uh, 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 the, the, you know, the, the other one is just the, the, the additional uh, uh, paperwork and effort. What, what are some other things you're hearing about as far as as far as concerns coming from people across the country?
0: So in addition to the, uh, the paper administrative burden and the technology costs, the two main things we're hearing is, is first... We are across the country uh, in a pretty significant labor shortage right now. Mm. There are a lot of businesses saying it is very tough to find employees uh, in some sectors that is COVID related. The hospitality sector, of course, was decimated. They're having trouble finding employees to come back as the restaurants try to get back on their feet. Um, But we are seeing it across all sectors. And it was actually the largest problem identified by our membership prior to the pandemic. Uh, then when the initial shutdowns happened, I think that quieted it down a little bit. But now as things are opening back up, um, we are seeing that rear its head again. And I think the pandemic is, is uh, putting a, a, harsh, a harsh light on how difficult it is to find employees. For vaccination passports, I think governments really need to understand that best case scenario, someone is reallocating an existing staff member to do this. It's easy to say you know, restaurants have you know a, a host or a hostess out front, someone who can do the checking. Gyms don't traditionally have that sort of thing. Movie theaters may have someone with the ticket, but they don't have a bouncer uh, outside the front. Similar with, you know, a yoga studio, a dance studio um, with the kids and their parents coming in and out don't traditionally have that kind of person. In some cases, that's going to require a new hire. Uh, Think of a 24-hour gym that is only staffed from, you know, nine to nine, Mm -hmm. and then they're key uh, key card access only. They're going to need to have a person for that night shift sitting there checking or not checking depending on how many customers are coming in uh, proof of vaccination. They cannot attach it to their digital ID. That would be collecting medical information. So they do need someone sitting out front. Um, So in, in that case, you know, the, the business model might not work if you're having it to bring in additional staff at this point. And again, it is hard enough to find them. The other one, and it's, it's, Tremendously disappointing that we have gotten to this place, but I heard from a couple of businesses last week. One was a wedding venue. They've got a wedding coming up on September 24th. So the vaccination passport in Ontario will be in effect in that point. A couple of the guests called ahead and said, will you be checking proof of vaccination? And the guy said, yes, um, You know, it's gonna be law at that point. I am required to do it for, for all guests. And the response was along the lines of, man, I hope the person who's checking it can take a punch. Um you know we we had raised with the government in a in a worst case scenario situation that this could present a physical safety concern. We have seen some protests across the country, certainly in the city of Toronto we've seen some protests outside of restaurants that have done things like rendered their patio unusable because there's someone with a bullhorn uh constantly yelling out there. Serious impact on the business and certainly makes you know employees, the business owner and customers all feel a little bit nervous, but when you hear you know, a direct threat of violence, I've heard from restaurants in small town Ontario say, we're the only place to eat for miles around, everybody comes here and we are genuinely worried that our parking lot is gonna become a flashpoint if we're having to refuse certain people from entering the restaurant. Um, you know, We're worried about property damage, we're worried about a brick through the window sort of thing. And I think that that's something that the government needs to take extremely seriously. Across the country, all governments need to take extremely seriously. I know it is a a small minority of people, but they are certainly a loud and passionate minority uh, of people who oppose this. And the last thing that we want to see is anything get violent, Um, but in the same way that, you know, your nurses, your doctors and hospital workers do not need this right now. They have been through enough over the last 18 months. They continue to go through enough without having to wade through protesters, you know, blocking ambulances from getting in uh, the front of the hospital. Small business owners do not need this right now. They do not need you you know, yelling on the megaphone that vaccine passports are, are unethical or unconstitutional or however it is you feel um, which blocks off their patio. You know what they need? They need a strong finish to patio season. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could say that this was over, but it's not. Uh, and businesses need all the revenue that they can get right now. Um, so you know, if you feel you need to protest by all means, there are legislative buildings across the province where you can get at the decision makers who have imposed all of these rules, but the business owners are just doing what they're told. They're going to be fined if they don't comply. A lot of them can't afford that. Um, so they're, they're just following the rules. You know, please, please take your protest somewhere else yeah. uh, and, yeah. let, and let the business owners try to make a living for them and for their employees.
1: Boy, do I want to echo that uh, take it take it to the appropriate venue, folks. Uh, 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 the business owners are just doing what they're told and what they have to do. Uh, there's no uh, <laughs> there's there's no choice there for them. So you're you're barking up the wrong tree. Um, that's uh, that that's a great point. Um, so uh, one of the one of the uh, that, 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 those are great points, Ryan. And, and, and I think things we all have to uh, to really be cognizant of. Um, how would you what, one of the great things cFI uh does is, is is comment on on government measures um ryan what 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 would be the grade uh coming from cFIb i guess for 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 the different governments at all levels for for how they've handled the, the the vaccine passport question
0: uh i honestly i think governments are really doing the best they can on this you know we surveyed our membership about how they feel about it um and the, the membership is split it is, is markedly split in Ontario to the point where uh, we do not have 50% or more in favor or opposed to vaccination passports. It's uh, 45% in favor, 40% opposed, 15% undecided. Huh. Uh, so I, th- I think the key for small businesses when it comes to this from governments is this is a really easy conversation to have at a very high level should we or shouldn't we do this well if it's going to you know it's going to protect people it's going to stop a fourth lockdown it's going to do this it's going to do that or if it's not going to do this or that depending on which government you are that's it's an easy conversation to have when you're debating it in theory where our concern is where our members concern is is the practicality of it on the ground it is when it comes to who is supposed to administer this it's how do you spot things like fraud how do you recognize out of province credentials which is still very much up in the air in a number of provinces including here in ontario um you know what what is a a business owner supposed to do if a, if a customer or patron does get unruly about it we saw that happen with the mask mandate where the onus was on the business owner to ensure masks were being worn in businesses. I got a call from a uh, butcher shop in Northern Ontario saying, I've got a woman who is standing in the middle of my store unmasked, screaming that this is wrong to do. Uh, and you know, uh, that she was a lawyer and that, you know, you don't have to do this. The business owner going, what am I supposed to do? Do I put hands on this person? Do I drag them out? Do I call the cops? Do I call bylaw health inspectors? What is, what am I supposed to do? And I think that that's where that's where, as we approach the implementation date for this, especially in Ontario, is where we really need governments to step up. We need training around how this is supposed to be done. You know, A lot of people talk about restaurants and they say, like, this is just like checking an ID for alcohol. There's a whole, gover- whole government-mandated program in SmartServe around that. You are trained to check for an ID. You are trained on how to serve customers uh, in those scenarios. That does not exist For the vaccine passport system i think it's something that's very much going to be needed if we want this to get off the ground smoothly uh because if it's not there i'm i'm very worried that a lot of the calls we're going to get are going to be something is happening what are we supposed to do about it
1: fantastic ryan i want to thank you very much for uh, for all of this great information uh i i I think you're really helping to bring uh, everybody up to speed on, uh on, on on what's there uh, uh what they have to do don't have to do and and, and what's expected down the road. Um, Ryan, if people have more questions uh, uh, where where should they go where should they reach out?
0: Well, I think a great place to start is on our website, cfib.ca. We update it uh, as frequently as we can as new information coming in. So if you've got questions around uh, proof of vaccination in your various province, we've got as many answers as we can about that. If you've got questions around things like vaccine policies for employees uh, or what governments are mandating or not mandating, um, we can help around that as well. So I think that's, that's the best place to start. Uh, and if you, uh, have further questions or it's not answered there on the website, um, you can always feel free to give us a call. Uh, and I should know our phone number off the top of my
1: head. <laughs> Who knows phone numbers anymore? They're that's, all that's,
0: play- That is exactly <laughs> it. Um, but if you look, uh, it's there,
1: it's there on the website. Folks. It's, it is, oh. it is there. I apologize. It is there on the
0: website. I don't have it written down on my man.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Ryan, listen, uh, Ryan Malo, CFIB. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, encourage everybody to uh, go out and get that membership and, uh, and uh, check out, uh, check out, but, but the CFIB has a ton of stuff uh, that's, that's out there in public as well. Uh, so a uh, uh, great resource for everybody. And uh, thanks again for telling us today all about vaccine passports.
0: Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalservice.com or on the major podcasting services. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.